love that. I love that. And that's just, since Wednesday morning men's prayer meeting, that has been stuck in my spirit afresh. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. And I just want to suggest this to us. We can't afford to get caught up in the monotony of life. We can't allow ourselves to be content with ordinary. We've got to understand that uh, when we get born again, when we get filled with the Holy Ghost, we should have an awakening on the inside. And, And this awakening, it's a call of God. When you get filled with the Spirit of God, when you get born again, when something comes alive on the inside of you, we call that the call of God, where you move from ordinary to the things of the Spirit. We go, I'm not just here to, to for the sake of life. I'm here because God placed me here. And, and uh, yeah, so the call of God isn't a one-size-fits-all. Uh, and here's some examples from Scripture that I, I see the call of God. There was Nehemiah. He had a burden to restore the ruins of Jerusalem. He had the call of God go, I've got a burden to change this. I've got a burden to fix this. you got David. He had a desire to build the temple. He has this revelation. He's, he's living in a beautiful house. And every time he goes to the, the, the tabernacle tent where the house where the Ark of the Covenant is, he goes, this isn't right. How come I can have this splendid house and my God is living in a tent? He had a desire to see something change. That was a call of God on his life. There's Elisha gets the call of God on his life. He goes, you know what? I'm going to burn these oxen. I'm going to burn my, my, my job. No turning back because God's got something more for me than just plow on the ground. He had a call of God in his life. Jeremiah says, there's a fire shot up in my bones. He said, there's something more. If people try to quiet me down and tell me to be quiet, I can't be quiet because there's a fire shot up in his bones. That was a call of God in his life. There's Isaiah. Here I am, Lord. Send me. And I believe that if you haven't yet had that awakening on the inside of you, if you have not yet had that call of God on the inside of you, at these, these are moments where that can happen, where you can have your Isaiah moment, you can have your Jeremiah moment, that you can get a burden and a desire that moves you just from the natural to something of the spiritual, where God says, this is what you've been placed on earth to do. This is the, your, the reason for your existence. And I'm believing that whether you've had the call of God or you will have the call of God, God wants to do something fresh in our lives tonight with the call of God. And so, and even just this morning, doing my, my Bible reading, uh, in Luke chapter 2, I'll, I'll grab it here, right here, Luke chapter 2, that we meet a guy called Simeon, I believe that's his name, and uh, verses, from verse 27, it says this, that day uh, the Spirit led him to the temple. And it's, it's such a simple statement, that day, the Spirit led him to the temple. The previous verse, verse 26, um, or well, I'll just read from verse 25. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him, verse 26, and he re- uh, and the Holy Spirit was upon him and revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit of the Lord led him to the temple. And what's amazing about that piece of Scripture to me, that the Spirit led him, he was living with the call of God in his life. He just wasn't living his his life just going, oh, well, whatever happens, happens. He was living with the call of God in his life, which then led him to the temple to see the Messiah, baby Jesus, for the first time 
And he, he got to experience that because he was living with the call of God in his life. And I want to encourage us that when we live with the call of God in our life, when we live spirit-led, we, we're not just going to go through the motions. We're not just going to go to work and repeat, but we'll be able to have these spirit-led moments that go, I was put at that supermarket not just to buy my milk because God led me there for a reason. I didn't just... My, the, I didn't just go to the mechanic because I needed my regular service. God set me there for a reason. But when you're living with the call of God, those things aren't just by happenstance. They are the call of God for you. And I want us to move beyond just living by, well, what's the schedule say? What's the calendar say? So we're going, well, there's a divine moment happening here where Holy Spirit's got me here for a reason. And if you know our church vision, say it with me. To be a large, relevant church of mature believers we love our community. Wow, we know it. And I want to focus on that word, mature believers. And even let's shorten it, mature. What's it mean to be mature? What's it mean for us to be a mature believer in 2023? Maturity is being led by the Spirit, living a life worthy of the call. That's a mature believer. What, what's maturity? Is when we learn to discern the voice of Holy Spirit. When we learn to discern Holy Spirit's voice, that is when we're living in maturity. When we're moving beyond just going, oh, well, we'll come to church. We're going, oh, I am the church and I'm here for purpose. In John chapter 10, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great Peter, Peter story where Jesus is talking about uh, the good shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd. And he says, when he refers to sheep, it says that the sheep uh, recognize the good shepherd's voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Sheep recognize the voice of the shepherd. And if we're God's sheep, if we're Jesus' sheep, do we recognize his voice? I see this regularly with parents with kids. When a, a child cries, that mum knows which child is theirs because they've learned to recognize the voice. And we have to learn to recognize the voice of our Father in heaven, the voice of the Spirit, to be mature believers. And I believe if, if Jesus, the good shepherd here, tells us that the sheep know his voice, we can learn the voice of Jesus and live in maturity. And so maturity has stages. Maturity has levels. Step one is hear the call. Discern the voice. Step two is being obedient. And so we got to understand, so the first step of maturity is switching in, tuning in to that voice of the Spirit. Then the second step of that is, oh, I've heard the voice. Now I'll be obedient to that call. And I want us to walk out this place tonight going, you know what, I'm not just going to go closer to hearing the voice. When I hear the voice, I have a yes on the other end. I have the burden. I have the desire. I have the no turning back in me to follow the call of God. So obedience. And um, I, I think I've shared this in church before, but that when it comes to, um, uh, like you might be in this room so I go, well, I was the only person that fasted all week at the whole church. But you know what? If you did it, you were obedient, and that's what matters. That's what makes you mature. If you're the only person that fasted during the church's time of prayer and fasting, that's what makes you obedient and therefore makes you mature because you heard the voice of the Spirit and led and were led into it. In 2021, Holy Spirit corrected me. And I want to say this with caution because a lot of people say, well, God said, God said, God said, God told me, God told me. And I, there's just, I want to caution this that um, with, with how I say this, but in 2021, Holy Spirit got a hold of me afresh and corrected me in a loving way because I was living judgmental. I was living uh, in a, 
in a way of uh, just, uh, I'll, I'll say, I'll read how I wrote it here. Judgmental, and I, and I lost my joy. I lost my joy in the call of God. And then, and so there was a few offerings. I was like, I would sacrificially gave. God put a burden on me. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give that much money. Then I had these two, two different separate occasions. I see the, the money come in. And I'm like, is that it? Like, I sacrificed. I gave with faith. And that, was that it? And Holy Spirit had to uh, bring me into a line and say, Josh, 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 Josh. If you were the only one that gave, that's all that mattered. Because you, I wanted your obedience. And we've got to understand the same thing for us today. Is we can't get, live a life of looking to everywhere else. But we've got to tune in what's God saying to me. And we're just going to choose to be obedient and not live with, with our eyes gazed on what other people are doing. But focus on what He is saying to us. And um, that... Then the like on uh, so then I, I got some money here. So I got some money here. It's a million dollars. Uh, yeah, million dollar notes. The currency not really. Uh, it's not really. Won't work if you take it to shops. But uh, th- this this money reminds me. Of a so on Monday night, uh, on the way back from this event in Tummy Bay, me and Pastor Pauline were in the back seat of of the car watching the Chosen. I got out my iPad. I had the uh, the hotspot going so I could stream it. Spoiler alert, if you haven't watched this episode, the latest episode is a good one. But it, what was really interesting is that we see the woman with the issue of blood, the woman with the issue with the faith mindset, get healed. And watching it, I got this revelation that it's simple. You would have probably had it before, but it got it in my spirit afresh on Monday night where she just reaches out and touches the hem of the garment of Jesus and was healed. But here's the thing. It wasn't just a natural touch. There was faith applied to that touch. And and I don't want to live life just living the natural thing. Oh, well, I can touch Jesus. No, I want to attach some faith to my touch and receive the healing. So money, we can give an offering. We goes through our hands, right? It goes through our hands. But I don't just want to have the money go through my hands. I want to attach my faith to the offering and see the miracle. And there's a difference between just living life or and doing natural things, but letting the faith go through our hands. Same with fasting. We could have just been starving this week and doing it naturally, but we apply our faith to our fasting and something powerful takes place. And I really believe that God wants to add faith to what we do tonight, not just have the natural touch. Last year, um, Pastor Layla was over for the Wings Conference. Can't remember what month it was. But on the very last session, me and Pastor Michael had the privilege to come and be catchers when the Spirit moved, did a pull down to Bentley. And I remember me and Pastor Michael were sitting where that coffee machine is right now. And Pastor Layla was preaching. And then God spoke to me through the message. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. And it was, I said to Pastor Michael, I might not remember, and I nudged him, I said, God's just given me a revelation right now. God's just spoken to me. And I, I believe that this, hopefully, Holy Spirit will um, share it to you how He shared it to me, that we leave this place with a deja vu awakening. So I'm going to pray before we read these next scriptures and just believe God will do something um, right for us tonight. Jesus, thank you for your love. Thank you for giving us reason for life. 
thank you for, for leaving and then sending Holy Spirit to us that we can uh, live a life with our awakening, with the call. And Holy Spirit, we want to be empowered and uh, encouraged that we live in such a way that we live a life worthy of the call, that 2023 would be a great year, a refreshed year, a renewed year of passion. And help me share this the way that you gave it to me. Amen. Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. We're going to get through this. One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the Word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Faster, Simon replied, we've worked hard all night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time, the nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me, for I am as such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught. And so were the others with him, his partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who uh, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid, from now on you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. That's the start of the call of God for those disciples' lives. That was a moment where they went from being normal to going, I've got the call of God on my life and I'm going to pursue the call that God has for me. So Peter had an awakening. Uh, my life was fishing, but then he realized there's more to my life than my job. I've got the call of God to follow Jesus and lead where, and go where he leads me. And for us today, that I've got to tell you there's more to your life than your job. There's more to someone being a manager. There's more to someone being a, a groundsman at the school. There's more to someone being a speech pathologist. There's more to people being mechanics, being upholsterers, whatever the, the job is, whatever, being a, uh, in school. There's more to our life than just what occupies us. There's a call for Jesus coming for us that we've got to get a hold of. And I love it. You might have catched fish in the natural, but it's time to catch people in the spiritual. It's time to activate your calling. It's time to gather people afresh. And so there's a call of God on our life. Jesus is calling us, and it's time that we follow Him. Then we see after this call, the roller coaster three years begins of the, the discipleship journey with Jesus. And I want to just focus on Peter. Matthew 14, he walks on water, then he drowns. And he, I love that Peter has these ups and down moments. Matthew 16, Jesus asks, who does man say, who do people say the Son of Man is? Good job, Peter. You are the Messiah. He, he, he said, and he's praised for it. He says, well, you got that as a heavenly download. My Father revealed that to you. And then on this rock of revelation, I'll build my church and you have the keys of the kingdom. Great job, Peter. And basically the next verse, the Son of Man must die. Don't say such things. And he's rebuked. Get behind me, Satan. 
you're looking at things from human reasoning. And I love how Peter has his ups and downs, ups and downs. Matthew 26, Jesus says, can you just pray with me these last few moments? And it says they can't, he can't keep his eyes open. He, he keeps falling asleep. He can't even pray for one hour. He has his ups and downs, and he has another down. Uh, I will never, again in Matthew 26, I will never deny you. If everyone else deserts you, I will never desert you. Now we know the story. The rooster crows three times, deny, deny, deny. And, and so Peter has these crazy ups and downs. And Peter puts the fear of God in my life. Because Peter, we could say Peter had good desires. He had a moral compass. He knew what was right. He knew what was wrong. And he wanted to do what was right. But just like Peter freaks me out, because I might have a good moral compass, but just like Peter, just because I know what's right, give me the right circumstances, give me the right ingredients, and I will probably uh, buckle to the pressures of life and not live how I desired it. And so then Jesus dies on the cross. Peter is nowhere to be seen. He, de- he deserted. He denied. And I, he blew it. He stuffed up. Says one thing, does another. And I can only imagine the shame the guilt, the awkwardness. But I love it. Proverbs 24, 16 says, For a righteous man falls seven times and rises again. And I love it that Peter has a rise again moment. So and so now we'll in, in closing, we'll go to John chapter 21, verses 1 to 11. So Jesus died on the cross, rises again, and starts showing up. So if the music team want to come back, and we'll get into our communion shortly. Later, Jesus appeared again to the the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. This is how it happened. Several of the disciples were uh, were there. Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel, sons of Zebedee, James and John, and two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. We'll come too, they all said. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. Mm. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, fellows, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat and you'll get some. So they did. And they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Deja vu. Have I been here before? Fishing all night and nothing? The last man that told us how to fish wasn't an ordinary man. And that, that God man created a miracle catch. Verse 7, then John, the disciple Jesus loved, said to Peter, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, for he had stripped for work, jumped into the water, and headed to shore. The others stayed with the boat and pulled their loaded net to the shore, for they were only about 100 yards from the shore. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooked over a charcoal fire, and some bread. Bring some of the fish you've just caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net to the shore. There was a 153 large fish, yet the net hadn't torn. Thank the the Lord for John and Peter that he could have this deja vu experience going. What happened at the start has happened at the end. What, What happened at the start of the call happens at the end of the call. The same miracle at the start is the same miracle at the end. The same call at the start is the same call at the end. The same encounter at the start is the same encounter at the end. The same burden at the start, go and fish for people, is the same burden at the end, go fish for people. The same dream at the start, you are called to be a fisher of men, 
is the same dream at the end. You're called to be a fisher of men. What causes you to leave your miracle, to jump in the water and follow Jesus? It's an awakening moment, a reawakening moment, a rebirthing, a renewing of the dream and the call of God on your life. And the call of God was real for Peter and the call of God is real for us. And I don't know what, where, where the years have taken us. I don't know where the years will lead us, but I believe that there's something powerful happens when we can get that reawakening of the original call of God on your life, where that, where we have those moments with Jesus, where we go, Jesus is so real. I want to do something for my life with Jesus, and things can get in the way. But I believe we can have a fresh reawakening. You go, like the call when I was 20, the call when I was 15, the call when I was 30, whenever that time was, when you had that awakening moment. I believe we can have a fresh awakening like Peter that makes him go, you know what, I'm leaving this miracle behind and just following Jesus because we've had a reawakening deja vu moment. Going, this experience has happened to me before and it's going to happen to me again. Peter was restored, renewed, and he went back to the call to follow Jesus. And it's like Jacob where he's like, this Bethel place, it's the house of God, man, it was not aware of it. And I believe that we can have a reawakening of those Bethel experience moments in our life where we follow the call of God. So let's grab our communion. Why don't we stand across this place right now as we have a, get this communion ready. And Jesus, we want to have, as we come around this communion moment, we want that reawakening. We want that new deja vu moment. Like that time when we were first born again. God, we, we thank you that you are the reason for life. That Jesus, that you came, you died to give us new life, to, to give us a calling and a, to help us realize that we weren't just here to live life, but we were here to fulfill the calling that you have for us. And so as, as we break the bread and as we eat, we thank you that your body broke to give us something fresh, that the calling of our God, of our life isn't just mundane, isn't monotonous, but it's amazing powerful and awesome. Let's eat together. And let's partake of the drink too. Jesus, we just thank you for your shed blood, for your broken body, that you died for us. In this moment, we want to have a recalibration, uh, a deja vu moment again, of the moments where we first draw close to you. And God, we thank you for when we're born again. And God, we thank you that we can have that same. God, we thank you for the moments where we were filled with the Spirit. But God, we thank you that we can have a fresh filling with the power of God. As it says in 1, Acts 1 8, we will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. And God, we, we were filled before, but God, we hunger to be filled again. God, we heard the call before, but we desire to hear the call again. That we live with passion that we'll live with purpose, that we'll leave with hunger in Jesus' name. And uh, if, if you're in this place and you might say, you know what, I haven't had the call of God. Why don't you raise your hand and say, you know what, I want a call of God. I want a burden. I want a dream. And you might be, uh, the other thing I want to pray for in this moment right now is you might be that person that goes, you know what, I've had the call, but I've drifted. I've had the call and, and, and there's been distance. So I want to have a fresh deja vu. Uh, power of God moment. If that's you in faith, why don't you just raise your hand, raise your hands in faith, and I'm going to pray and believe in this 
tonight that would see 2023 being a year where we have fresh deja vu awakened moments where we live, as Paul says, live a life worthy of the call. So God, right now, you see these hands. God, we just pray in faith that these people would live a life worthy of the call, that they would have their Peter and John deja vu moment where they go, God, you're speaking to me again. You're stirring me up again. You're filling me with power again to be effective in ministry, to not just live life going through the flow, but going, Holy Spirit, lead me here. Holy Spirit's leading me there to be at the right time, at the right moment, to see you move afresh in our generation, in our day, in our families, and in our circumstances. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.